Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the USMLE Guys podcast. My name is Dr. Paul. In today's episode, we are doing another USMLE Coaches Corner episode. This is something we previously recorded from our YouTube channel, and I wanted to share with you here today. We will be talking about one of the common problems that our one-on-one coaching students are experiencing, sharing with you what's going on and how to fix it so that you can move forward with your own USMLE preparation without any worries. And if you want to work with us one-on-one or you want to learn more about how we can help you prep for your USMLE exams, don't forget to visit our website, usmleguys.com. All right, let's dive in with today's episode. And we are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's USMLE Coaches Corner Live. Dr. Stavros, how are you doing today? Good, Doc. How are you doing? Doing good. All right. <laughs> awesome. So we got, a, we got a good one today, right? <laughs> today we are going to cover something that so many students struggle with, which is you get to the, the question bank portion of your studies and you think you know your information, you read the vignette, you know what they're talking about, and then you come down to two answer choices. At that point, you're basically flipping a coin. Uh, because if you get to those two answer choices and you are stuck, you know, you have two options. You could sit there and try and figure it out for five to 10 minutes, or you have to move on. And obviously we can't sit there and, and try and figure it out for five to 10 minutes. So no. what we are going to do today is walk you through a simple step-by-step process to figure out why you're having this problem and then to fix it. Now, this is not a simple fix. Everybody, if you're watching this either live or in the replay, please understand that this is not a simple, you know, you just do this and the problem solved. This is yeah. though a strategy that if you implement it early, you will get the result. So let's just dive in. Now, like I said, this is what I would say is an active exercise, meaning you have to start implementing this now and every single day. So as you move forward doing any questions, you should be doing this every single time. This is not something where it's like, oh, I'll do it here or there. Do it every time. Otherwise, you're simply going to miss opportunities to fix problems and you're going to continue to have those problems. So we're basically going to outline a couple steps that you're going to take in order to make this happen. So first and foremost, step number one, when you are doing a block of questions, you want to have a reminder strategy when this happens. So for example, if you're doing a block of questions, what are you going to do to make sure you you remember all of the questions that you, you had this problem on? I recommend you simply have a piece of paper, a pen. Question number seven, you're, you're stuck at two, write seven. Question 13, write 13. Okay, so that is the first thing you need to do. Have a reminder strategy. That's the easiest one to do. Step number two, you're going to go to each question after you do the block. Now, I recommend that you do your full block so you can get that advantage of practicing the full block of questions, do the full block. And then afterwards, after you are uh, reviewing everything, what you want to do is come to every one of those questions where this happened. Now, keep in mind, guys, we're not saying skip questions you got wrong entirely, but we're saying this is a different strategy where you're trying to identify what caused you to to get stuck on two answers. So step number one, you want to write down the two answers that you were stuck on and you wanna sort of create a short list of the similarities and the differences, all right? So that's gonna serve as one piece of study material. Number two, you're gonna then dissect the vignette and you wanna ask yourself, 
what specifically was it that caused me to get stuck on these two answer choices? Now, this is going to allow you to isolate that specific point of confusion based on the particular question, right? You're asking yourself this question. Uh, when you ask yourself this question, it ensures that you never make the same mistake again. So again, number one, write down the two answers. So let's just say, for example, and I'm going to give you guys an example shortly. We've got Marfan syndrome and homocystinuria, a couple commonly side-by-side uh, yeah, yeah. -side sort of questions. So what you want to do is write down some of the similarities, some of the differences. Um, for example, you might want to write autosomal dominant. You might want to write the, the abnormality, the chromosome for both of them, then the mm -hmm. main presenting signs and symptoms. Now, let's say, for example, you write those two down, you write down the information, and then you look through the vignette and you say, it was the specific visual issue pertaining to this condition that got me screwed up, right? Because we know one of these, the lens dislocates upward, one, it, it goes down. So yep. in one of these conditions, you won't be able to see upwards and one, you won't be able to see downwards. And if you don't know exactly which is which, just like so many other problems, you're going to get stuck, right? Yeah. So yeah. once you've asked yourself that question, you identify what exactly is it that caused the problem. And then once you've identified it, all right, with, <clears throat> with, with number one and number two here more clear. So you've got your, your, your compare and contrast, you've got the clarification of what exactly it was that screwed you up, write yourself a one-line statement at the end. So you've got your 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 two conditions. You wrote ADAR. You wrote or whatever they may be, whatever we're dealing with. You got lens up, lens down. You've got uh, this this uh, chromosome, this chromosome, and then at the end, the specific thing that you screwed up because you screwed this up. So this specific point is something you need to remind yourself of. At the end, underneath, I would write. Marfan syndrome is associated with a lens dislocation in this direction, whereas homocystinuria is associated with a lens dislocation in this direction. So this way, you know you've screwed up these two conditions. So you can always come back and review everything, but you have that one line at the end that will tell you the big thing that you screwed up, right? So that's yeah. you know the Marfan, the, the homocystinuria as that example. You're going to have a little graph, a little chart. And then you're gonna have one line and i would say take a whole page or a, a half a page to really make a robust little note for yourself and what you want to do is do this again and again and again accumulate knowledge of these specific areas because if you come down to two answer choices and you're constantly screwing up then what you want to do is learn more about that and then you're going to take sure. notes keep studying and as you go more and more and more you will learn the information and you will see fewer and fewer of these mistakes. You know, the reason why this works is because you're turning something passive and you make it into active, right? That's why this yeah. particularly works. Students out there, and we work with so many, <clears throat> many of them know this, but they don't do it because they figure I'll just read it because then by reading it, I understand it. The problem that the problem happens that you read it, you feel comfortable, and down the line, you forget every little detail. And what does step one do? It tests you on little details. It doesn't test you on the larger picture. You're responsible for the larger picture as is. So if you don't take these steps into consideration, you'll find yourself missing all these details. And that's why we tell you to do this or else it will be very challenging to do on this exam. Yeah. Um, one of the things I recommend students have for each of their exams is a notebook. You can get a 180 page, 300 page notebook and have a notebook designed specifically for certain things. So for example, I always had a notebook that was based on my UWorld notes. I, for this particular issue, I would have a notebook that I write on the front, 
this is whatever you want to call it, um, confusion, whatever you want to call it. And everything that you go over with this strategy, <clears throat> I'd recommend you put it in one book. The reason why is because you can then say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes today reviewing my UWorld notes. I'm going to spend 30 minutes now reviewing my, um, my confusion points. Or you might have a, a book for every single topic, whatever it may be. I always recommend you separate things into books so that you can then know, hey, I'm spending 30 minutes fixing those areas where I'm constantly coming down to two answer choices. That way, not only will you get better because you're focusing because you have that book, but when you sure. can sit there and focus on something and you know, hey, I'm actually focusing on the things that are bringing me down to two, two, two answers, you're building confidence in that area as well. Because confidence is you know, a good chunk of this game. If you go into your exam thinking, man, I hope I don't get stuck on, on two answer choices here and there, you're going to. So you're going to kill two birds with one stone here. You're going to actually fix the problem, the underlying problem, and you're going to build confidence in this specific area. It, you know, Doc, one thing you made made a point about the outline, the whole that little outline that really points, that it sets the point of confusion. Many yep. students don't do that. Because what they do, right, is they, they take their notes, they jam it into first aid, which is understandable, but then they don't have any points of differentiation. They don't have any points of, let's say, something specific to the scenario. They just read the scenario once or twice, and they go ahead and they just throw the information into first aid and they move on. Where then down the line, they don't know why they, yeah. they had why they right. were confused. And that's the whole point, right? That's why they yeah. have to go above and beyond to do this, or else you won't be able to differentiate this on exam day. Absolutely. So, yeah, Amazing so. Points. And so, you know, just a couple things to keep in mind here. As with most of the problem solving that we do with our students, the solution to a lot of these big problems, and this is a huge problem, is more time consuming. But if you, let's say, take five to 10 minutes, which it shouldn't take more than that, to put together a little note on each one mm -hmm. of these specific areas, yeah, it's going to take you a little more time. But you have to remember, if you take five to 10 minutes now, you're eliminating a problem in the future. So you yeah. want to stack your energy up front so that it's easier for you in the long run, right? Think of it as an investment. You put a little more time now, but it makes life so much easier in the future when you sit down. Um, and, you know, one last thing I want to say is when it comes to question bank specific use of this strategy, we talked last week about, you know, using one question bank to focus on specific topics and then maybe right. your second question bank. Once you've fixed a lot of your weaknesses, mix it up. So I would say use your first question bank as the the main isolator of this problem again as well. So, for example, let's say you were going to do AMBOSS first. Use AMBOSS subject specific. And when this happens, go hard on that first question bank so that just like when you finish your first Q bank and you eliminate your weaknesses, you go to your second question yep. bank, mix it up and really challenge yourself. The same thing should happen here. Use your first question bank to do this. Your second question bank, you should have a lot fewer uh, instances of this and you can really start to push yourself and challenge yourself. Now, will you have this problem forever? Probably. You can't know everything, but the goal yep. will be to find 90% of these specific issues in your first Q bank, fix them, and then you go on your second question bank and you really start to refine, fine tune and really find, really dig deep and find those things that, you know, otherwise you just wouldn't have come across. Maybe it's not the first aid. Maybe it wasn't in your first Q bank. But yeah. I, I, I recommend that first question bank is used as sort of the the uh, weeding out of all of the problems that you might have.
Yeah, and it's solid information, solid tips. You know, a lot of students, and, and we say this because we know so many that we talk to, we work with, a lot of them say, I don't have enough time, and they speed through the information, they speed through questions. Then that's why they do a QBank two, three, four times, and they see very, very small percentage of growth or, or yep. progress, because it's kind of like reading a book. Well, I don't have time to read the book, so I'm just skim through the pages. Hold on, that's one thing. Test taking, take taking the test is it's, it's an active sense of skill. It's not just reading, right? You have to be able to put it all together. So you have to put the time in. You have to invest that time into test taking skills, or else you won't see the numbers you want to see. Simple as that. Absolutely. Yeah. It it's just <clears throat> one little cog in the entire machine yeah. of, exactly. of improving yourself, right? Just like like we, like I mentioned earlier, when you find those weaknesses, you have to spend more time doing it. When you come across a sure. question sure. where you are stuck. You can't just say, oh, okay, I get it, and then move on. You have to spend a little more time and take a note because you need to see it two, three, four, five times. You know, there's this concept in marketing where before someone will purchase something from you, they need to see some see your product, your face, a video seven times. So mm -hmm. I think we can take that principle and apply it to confidently attacking any question. If you have sure. a problem with, let's say, Marfans and homocystinuria and you constantly screw it up, you're probably going to want to see it seven to 10 times so that you mm -hmm. can really be confident. And what do I mean by seven? Well, take that note and then read it the next day. And then a couple of days later, and then a couple of days later, then a week later, see it again and again and again. Repetition is going to keep things at the forefront of your mind so that on exam day, you're like, ah, this is easy. I know this. I've screwed up and I've, I've studied this. So I know it. And that's why many people, when you do take the test and ready to be confident to take the exam, there's memory and there's recall. You could try to memorize as much as possible with associations, yep. chromosome numbers, that it's numbers, right? But everything else is recall. Why read it once and say, I know it? Of course you know it, that's great. But can you replicate it on the answer choices? Can you choose the right answer? If you can, be honest with yourself and say, well, I'm not comfortable with glycogen storage diseases. There's five of them, there's 10 of them, whatever disease you're looking at, I will review them once a day or every other day because I have two more months ahead of me. And then you might say, Dr. Paul, Dr. Stowers, but there's so much information to do. Well, yes, that's why you have to have a study plan. That's why it has to keep growing and evolving with you. And you have to designate time throughout the day on multiple things, not just one thing. You're not going to read the same chart every day for two months. No, you're going to move it around, cycle it around, like a little yep. round robin of sorts. If you don't know how to do it, then you have to have someone to show you. That's the whole point or else you're just spinning wheels over and over again. Yeah, it's, no a ju it's a juggling act that you have to be very mindful of. Um, oh yeah. You know, you, you students tend to get a one track mind, which is good because it helps you focus on something. But at the same time, that one track mind can also, you know, prevent you from seeing the bigger picture of, like you said, sure. doing this yeah. and this and this, you know, Yes, you got to do questions. Yes, you got to take the time to go over everything, but you also mm -hmm. need to implement drills like so you can build that recall so that you can oh, build yeah. that that ability to see something simple, you know, throughout a vignette and know exactly, okay, boom, 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 boom. I know exactly what's going on here. And if you don't, you're in trouble. And, and you know, students might think, ah, what are they talking about? Well, when we work with our students, we have, you know, we have our coaching students for step on a step two CK. We have our live Zoom sessions and many times we do share screen. So we do questions with them. So, you know, my memory, I do my best to keep my memory because I think I have a pretty good memory. But when we do questions and we implement these kind of techniques and we look at the answer choices, review the answer choices, things pop out of my head. So when I do a question with a student, I know the answer, not because I read it yesterday, but because I've seen it 7, 10, yeah. 15 times through multiple passes through a, through, a, through a question bank. So I can't teach you the concept. But I can tell you what the right answer is because all you need to know is the right answer ideally, right? You want to learn the concept. 
but there's thousands of concepts to conquer. You can't conquer them all, unfortunately. You yeah. can, it'll take just a lot of time. Absolutely. And, and that's just not a luxury most students have, unfortunately. No, time is against us. Um, so yeah, that's that's it, guys. That's pretty much the strategy. It's nothing that is needs to be too complicated. It's pretty straightforward and simple. You just want to make sure you follow that step by step, put in the time and the energy. Doc, any last words or anything else you want to add to this? Well, I just want to tell, you know, so when you do, when you implement these steps that Dr. Paul mentioned, you know, and you have all like a list of questions with a list of topics like morphans, homocystinuria, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, you might need to deep to dig a little further, which is understandable. So whatever resource that you have been using to really build that foundation, then please take some time, carve some time aside from your schedule, because you need to put that into your schedule to say, well, I have these 22 conditions that I got wrong, or I'm not really confident in. So now that I have my notes and the stuff that Dr. the steps that Dr. Paul implemented that told you to implement, but also go to your resource, spend some time, right? Review that a couple of more times. So then you're really you're well aware how to differentiate one from the other disease. So I'm gonna do. Do you have any specific uh, tips or strategies that you would uh, recommend to the students you're working with? Let's say students are, are having trouble, for example, you know, remembering some key features of disease. Is there any specific strategy that, like, study strategy you would implement that you can share? Yeah. Well. Oh, it's, it's funny. I'm happy you asked that because I did that this morning with two students, two different students. So we had a, we opened up first aid and we looked at a couple of tables that they had issues with, let's say mm -hmm. four or five uh, drugs or diseases. And I'm like, well, you can look at all four. You could try to learn them all at the same time or break them down to two. So you can conquer, con you could try to conquer two, take a break, come back a little later when you're having a break from studying from another topic, review the first two, then conquer the next two. That's one approach. The other approach is, well, if they have many, very, very similar symptoms and signs, you need to focus on the MOA if it's a drug, something that differentiates one from the other, understand that, and also any kind of side effects if it's medication. But the same formula, if it's two or more, three or more conditions, and there's many at times, just don't try to conquer the whole thing at once, right? Just try to, try to break it down in the morning, afternoon, evening. So if I'm doing biochemistry and I have some microbiology topic I'm, I'm covering, Throughout the day, I'll take some time and I look over the chart. So by the end of the day, I'm still finished my biochem goals for the day, but I also looked at microbiology and I went over the DNA or the RNA, which are, can give you a headache because there's so many little details. If you conquer it throughout the day, little by little, you'd be surprised how much you, you can recall. But if yeah. you just go ahead and say, I need to learn it now, unfortunately, you're adding stress, pressure. You won't learn it all. You'll forget more, most of those details because you can't just see it once. So take your time with it, but if you're going to practice and you know prep for the step, you need to apply enough time and give yourself enough time to actually take the test and pass. Love it, love it. All right, guys, that's it. I don't think we have any questions. Do you see any <clears throat> questions on your end? No, I don't Ho see any. I don't see ho any. Hopefully that was pretty clear. Um, again, guys, it's simple in nature, but it's not easy to implement because it does take time and energy. But it's one of those things where if you are willing to put forth a little more energy now. You know, we're not just BSing you guys. We we do this and it works and it works exceptionally yeah. well. Same thing with, we, we always tell you guys to do drill sessions. Why? Because we have students reporting back to us with 240 pluses consistently yeah. and yeah. they weren't even remotely close to passing. What was the change? It was implementing things that help them with their specific problems. So if you have this specific problem, implement it. It will work. If you can't recall information, do drills. It will 
work. If you are struggling as a whole and you don't know what to do, reach out to us, book a free call, usmlyguys.com slash call. Book a free 20-minute yep. coaching call. We'll help you figure out why whatever you're doing isn't working, get you on the right path. Doc, any last words? No, I just basically want to let, let you guys know we're always here for you. We want the best for you. We know what works and what doesn't, right? So take your time, you know, really push hard each and every day. And I know many out are going to watch this later. They'll say, yeah, I don't have time to review my questions. Well, these are questions that you're leaving gold on the table. You're leaving quality on the table, right? So yep. you have to put that time in or else you won't do well. So study hard, study, 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 and invest the time in now. And you will see the results, the results later. Thank you all for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that to be helpful. If you want to learn more about how you can work with us, either one-on-one, get access to our drill sessions, or our Step 1 or Step 2 CK coaching programs, don't forget to visit us at usmleguys.com. Thank you for sticking around. I hope that was helpful. We'll see you on the next episode.